All right, so we are going to go back into another fantastic set of demos. Um, watch my bit, music tick, eight stem, the drop, dart music, heaven 11, and DTS. So we're going to uh, probably take a, uh, a minute or two to get a rack together, but it's a great uh, set of companies and it's great to actually see products in action. So hope you'll stick around and we'll get going in another minute. Hey everybody. So everybody who got an Airbits wallet and some free Bitcoin from me this morning, raise your hand. There's some free Bitcoin, okay. Throw your Airbits wallets out, get them ready because we may want to, uh, I might have you do something real quick. Okay, so what I have here is a Airbits Bitcoin wallet. Watch My Bit is a video platform that streams videos not through advertising, but through Bitcoin payment. And if I could have you, so I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna send Bitcoin, just hit the send button. And if you can now switch over to my laptop, we'll see what it looks like on this end. So there's a QR code. It says waiting for 19 cents. I just scan the QR code captures the 19 cents, it automatically puts it in there. I slide to confirm, and within five to about 20 seconds, this video will launch. And the big thing to remember is that this is a financial transaction that's going to happen. Okay, the video launched, okay. So this is a trailer of a video that's on our, our website. And what happened was, what people need to understand is we actually, the Bitcoin went from the phone, metaphorically, to watch my bit. Launched the video, it was verified as valid, and the video started playing. Today, that would be the equivalent, pulling out a credit card, typing in 16 very private numbers, putting your full name and a, a code that allows the website to pull content, pull money from your bank and put it into their system. What I did is I pushed Bitcoin into the Watch My Bit platform, which then started a video. So Bitcoin, some of the advantages for uh, viewers, for the creators, the content creators, is anyone can use it. This is Watch My Bit. Anyone can use Bitcoin anywhere in the world. It is safe. It is trusted. Creators choose the price as low as nine cents. You can't do that with a credit card. That video that we watched that I just launched was a 19 cent video. You can't do that with a credit card. You can't do that with PayPal. You give daily payouts and eventually even more often. Can you imagine getting paid every hour for your video content? Receive money from anywhere in the world, split with the entire team, including a charity, which means they're gonna pimp your video, and management. There are two billion unbanked adults in the world who don't have banking services, but they've got smartphones, and they can use Bitcoin. A lot of privacy on here, too, and Bitcoin today is turned into gift cards super easy. It's a matter of a couple of clicks, and by Money or gift cards, I mean your local currency, rupees, yen, etc. So just a quick little thing here. What we're seeing there on the left is a band's video, 21 cents flowing in and then being split up with the rest of the band members. And down below, there's a charity. On the right side, we see Danny Trejo and there's Jane Lynch. This is a sitcom that's never been seen before. It never turned into a show, but the pilot was shot. That can be received from anywhere in the world. So we didn't gather any information from anybody. We didn't fill in long addresses. We didn't put names and numbers. We didn't use credit cards. Um, that means the user is free from identity theft. They don't have to worry about it. And we, I watched my bit, we are not a target for hackers because no value is stored on our platform. The value is stored on a user's phone or other Bitcoin wallet. And there are browser-based Bitcoin wallets. On the left-hand side, we see what it looks like when you socialize these videos out. I don't care if you never go to watch my bit at all, but if you send a link to your video, that's what it looks like in Twitter. It's a nice big thumbnail, and on the right side is, uh, is uh, what it looks like in Facebook. 
Plus, you can also put it on your own website. So just have a link on your website to our video link, and it's just going to launch the paywall. You don't even really see Watch My Bid anywhere, and that's fine with me. You're staying at your own website, you're launching it. Eventually, we're going to have some embed code, so the player will be right in there too. We already have it, it's just a little clunky. Once you scan the video, the video starts, like we saw earlier. So, I'm going to go back here. The advantages to the viewer. This is up and running right now, and there's are some quick numbers for you. We passed 75% onto the creators. So if a, a viewer gets 10,000 views on YouTube, it's six to 60 bucks if they're lucky. 10,000 views, even just 1,000 views at $1.39, it's $1,000 to the content creators to be split however they want. We are live, we are going, it works. All kinds of people use our site already. Uh, looking for some more content creators, of course, but it's up there and running. And if people wanted to work with you, how would they contact you? Doug at watchmybit.com, or just go to the website and you can find us at content or contact at watchmybit.com. Yeah, is any, what questions do you have for me? Time for one question. Are you, are you taking all forms of content, music, video? Yeah. Question is, is all content available? Yep, we'll have our first feature film up in a couple of days probably. Uh, sitcoms, music videos, all kinds. And if somebody didn't have Bitcoin, are they out of luck? Um, we are gonna be implementing PayPal micropayments soon, which are very clunky, travels at the speed of banking instead of the speed of light like Bitcoin does, but that's coming on board for only those countries who allow it. Got it, great. Well, thank you. If anybody wants any Bitcoin, come see me. I'm giving it away. <laughs> That's a good pitch. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Doug. Yeah. Okay, next up we have uh, Joel and Brian from Musistic. Did I say that right? Yeah. So somebody was just asking me um, what kind of deals we do at, at Walden, and uh, we do what we call Sprout Stage Investing. So... It's all post-product or post-technology. And we'll do technology, if it's super, if it's great technology, we'll go much earlier stage than if it's more of a, of a marketplace or just a pure product where I wanna see the product fully formed. So it need to be a fully formed uh, technology demo or a fully formed product um, or marketplace that's hopefully out in the market. We ready to go? Great. Hi. Take it away, Joel. Uh, my name is Joel Halpern, uh, head of marketing for Musistic. Uh, with me is Brian Winsloff, head of technology with Musistic. We are uh, based in Memphis, Tennessee, which is that tiny little town that you've probably flown over several times going from coast to coast. Uh, lots of amazing stuff has happened in Memphis, if you're unfamiliar. Elvis, Justin Timberlake, Stax Music, Soul Music, Blues. Uh, we have a great history of music and being revolutionary with music. But we're really not here to talk so much about the past, more about today and more importantly the future. Uh, Musistic is a company that was built pretty much on the belief that technology shouldn't be clutter or noise in our lives and it can actually serve to solve real life problems for musicians. And um, we have launched a series of products. This is the first product that we have hard launched. Uh, which you will see Brian demo. Uh, it is a plugin that lives within your recording software and allows you to record remotely and collaborate with artists using any other type of recording software. So Brian could be on Pro Tools, I could be on Ableton, and we can share files from within our DAW uh, back and forth. And so Brian, I'll let you go ahead and take it away. Yeah, so it's really easy to use. There's, uh, you can set up projects on our web admin you can control who you're collaborating with on each project, things like that. Um, so I'm creating a new project called San Francisco Music Tech on my account. And then uh, in my DAW, um, I like to use Logic Pro. So if I have recorded a track here um, that I want to send out to all the people I'm collaborating with, I can just uh, pull in the Musistic plugin. We've created a plugin so that, um, whoop, We've created a plugin so that you can stay in your creative space. Um, you don't have to leave, you don't have to use other software. I can stay in Logic. When that's ready to go, I can play back the audio that I want to send. 
do a short clip for the demo. It sends it out to everybody. People that I'm collaborating with um, are then notified that I've put up a new track. And just pretend this is a completely different system here. Um, this is the DAW Reaper, not anything like Logic. Well, you can still um, pull in that track. Yeah, and this we have an audio unit, VST, um, all the Pro Tools, RTAS, and AX stuff. So it can work in pretty much any DAW. Then once I pull that down, I can record it there. And now, this, and now I have that in my system as well. So we can go back and uh, you know build whole tracks this way, collaboratively. Yeah, so it's back and forth. It goes um, from there, anyone, again, to DAW to DAW. One of the most important things is that this product uh, is designed to specifically keep you in your creative space. You're not having to deal with leaving your space to deal with you know Dropbox or hard drives or even travel. You can find musicians and work with people all over the world uh, and not have to learn new technology. And that's, that's one of the things that we... Uh, we really strive. And this is just the first product that we're launching. We are planning on launching uh, a new product very soon, and we're looking for beta testers. So if anyone's interested, uh, you know, see one of us. Uh, we'd love to sign you up. You can also download this product entirely for free if you go to musicic.com slash sfmusictech. Uh, it's entirely free, and anyone that signs up uh, on that page will also send out an invite for uh, being a beta tester for a, a new product that we're going to be launching very soon. Fantastic. There's a lot of metadata that seems to go along with different tracks. Yeah. That's another pretty cool thing. Um, you can actually tell, you know, there's no arguing anymore about who played bass when. It's like at 11.54 p.m., Brian laid down a bass track on this, on this, and it's all tracked. We have all that data. Yeah. And then what about placement? So it's a punch-in at 2 minutes, 23 seconds. Does it remember... Brian? It works best right now with, uh, with stems. Here, so, you, know, you can pull yeah. the mic up. Okay. It, it just works best right now with... Well, works best right now with stems, so it's best if you play it back from zero, but we're working on uh, building out broadcast waves as well, which will, go with time, which will include time code in there. Great. And who's your typical customer and who's happiest uh, to use your product? So, um, you know, our product was designed by musicians with a real problem that we actually had, which was being in bands, going to college, being away from our bandmates, and trying to figure out how to record together. Um, so our audience, when we first launched, was they were real musicians that are creating real music um, that have the problem of distance uh, and time and uh, money. Those are the three big problems for musicians. So we tried to solve that uh, as seamlessly as possible. I mean, I heard a really great scholar once say, I believe his name was Jonah, that at its best, technology should be transparent, and this, we feel, truly is. Great. Any questions out in the audience? Anybody here use a, a DAW? Oh, that's a pretty ripe audience. Has anybody... Uh, and if you have a DAW, have you collaborated or do you want to collaborate with somebody who's remote? Okay. So that's maybe about 15%, I'd say, in there. And I think if you get it spinning so it's really simple and working, then maybe a lot more hands would go up when people realize how easy it is uh, to collaborate. Right. I mean, it, it absolutely is. I mean, you, you saw it work just as quickly as that. You're in, your, you're in your space, you're in your creative space, you've just laid down your guitar, and you know, you're instant messaging with, with whoever you're collaborating with, they can be anywhere in the world. Um, it's that simple, I mean, it's just that easy, and we want it to be simple for everyone to collaborate so that more music is made, and there isn't the, the, um, you know, the challenge of, well, you know, I, I, my hard drive crashed or like couldn't get to UPS yesterday to ship it or my Dropbox file like said it was uploaded, but it wasn't. It's, we know we're trying to solve that. And does it work with Pro Tools also? It does. Yes. Great. All right. Well, thanks. Great demo. Thank you. Let's hear it for Joel and Brian. Okay. Next up, we have Adam from 8STEM. So in terms of uh, the typical deal that we're doing, it's usually a Series Seed or a Series A. 
This is at, at Walden Venture Capital. And uh, the typical round size is about three to $5 million on average. So it's really that, that capital against a super focused 18 month plan where you can really recruit some key executives and make fantastic progress where you're then able to go out and raise that either it's that series A or that series B that's really uh, the growth round. So that's in the space that's called the series A crunch that we're sitting because there's about uh, 50 to 70,000 angel deals that are done every year. And there's only somewhere between 100 and 125 firms that will actually uh, do that series A check. So it's also a reminder that if you have angel money, you really want to make it last and you really want to accomplish something great with it so that you can go out and raise money from a third party. And it's also great to have angels where you can go back to them and raise more capital because it's pretty normal to raise capital and then find yourself in that gray zone where you finally figured out what you're going to do, but you actually just need a little bit more time. Has anybody ever been in that gray zone? I mean, most companies actually kind of live in that gray zone. So um, that's where it's exciting. You ready, Adam? Yeah, I'm totally right. ready. Let's do it. Uh, I was going to start by just wrapping philosophy for a while and try and see if I could put Larry to sleep, but he likes product. So I'm going to go product first, then philosophy, then product again. Um, I'm going to come at this from a uh, musical perspective. I'm a musician and producer, sort of turned technologist uh, over time and out of necessity because musicians are so hard to work with. So that, uh, <laughs> through being a producer, always wanting to um, help others through music achieve that aha moment, because that aha moment is really special for people who play music. So this is a song by Bob Marley, and I'm just going to give you a little taste. So with this... You can give me a little more volume back there, sound guy. This is called No Woman, No Cry. This is from the studio version of it. And right now you're listening to the instruments. And then over here I'm going to give you some tablas. And some bass. And it's going to pulse going to the next section of the song, which is the first chorus. No woman, no cry. And if I took those instruments out. No woman, no cry. And if I took that grinding bass out. We're just down to the vocals and the tablas. No woman, no cry. Now the next section of that song is the first verse. And now just removing those vocals and adding instruments. Oh my God, phone call. Oh, dis. Nothing is perfect. And then back down to just vocals again. So it's different, right, than how you've done that before. So when I look at the problems in the music industry, basically recorded music is fucked, and you all know it. <laughs> and that's, I live in a fucked, uh, a fucked industry. Can I go back to my laptop screen, please? So I'm going to tell you kind of about how we approach that problem of unfucking the music industry. And it starts with um, looking at a problem that the music industry faces. There is recorded music that is put out commercially, and we hope that people buy it. There is a bootleg uh, remix market, which is voracious, and puts music out because remixers believe that they have the right to remix music without having to ask for it. And because the technology allows for it, and the public wants that, then that is totally okay, and I think that they're absolutely right. So John Legend, let me back up there for a second. This is a song from 2014, huge hit, John Legend, All of Me. We're um, deriving uh, formulas for actually figuring out dollar amounts associated to sales of music in uh, contrast to YouTube views, which YouTube is the biggest music discovery platform ever. 600 million views to this John Legend song, 16 million in revenue in sales for that one signal. single. It's a lot. The top 10 bootleg remixes, which you're not allowed to buy, but you can only listen to on YouTube, not on Spotify. YouTube views 46 million views of the top 10 remixes. If there were products available for sale following that same rate of the original, there'd be about 1.2 million left on the table. John Legend would be happier, even still. Ariana Grande, same formula. The song Problem, 624 million views, 11 million in revenue. Top 10 bootlegs, 15 million. There'd be a quarter of a million on the table for her. Um, Pharrell Williams, happy. A little different demographic, 724 million views, 17 million in revenue. 
top 10 remixes, 19 million views and half a million dollars on the table. So there's a lot of sort of to-be-found money that is sitting on the table when you look at these formulas. There are anomalies to this, like Tove Lo, a song called Habits, much more revenue to YouTube uh, view ratio, 144 million um, views and 10 plus million in revenue. This one's odd because the top one bootleg remix had 280 million views, twice the original, which would have left $20 million on the table. Those are unmonetized, uh, probable transactions for which there is no monetary mechanism to conduct right now. Larry wants to get a picture of his phone. I'm going to let him because he's the boss. Got it. Got it. So, why? We have this stereophile format that was invented by EMI in the 1930s, and it served us very well during this period of time. And um, it has, so, you know, one side goes to your left ear, one side goes to your right ear. This is what it looks like. When we looked back at this, at this file format, we looked at various iterations of different formats throughout history that inspired great growth in the music industry. And um, the revenues by format, this is just a little chart put out by the RIAA, but I, I live by it. Uh, these numbers are not adjusted for inflation. This is from the mid-1970s. RIAA started tracking this stuff. We got eight-track tapes way down there at the bottom, serving about 1.2 billion in hard goods annually. Uh, vinyl surged after that. There were inherent problems with eight-trap tapes. They were awful and sounded bad. Um, so with each one of these formats that peaked and then tailed off, another format came in and peaked right after it. Records, you couldn't take them in your car. Inter-cassette tapes, serving right around 4.5 billion a year. But you had to seek between the songs and fast forward and they sounded bad. CDs, boom. Revolutionized the industry. Take them in your car, don't have to wait, sound good forever, the industry went crazy. But CDs have this problem that you have to go to the record store or wait for them to be delivered in the mail. Digital files, or MP3 in this case, came in and took the industry by storm, addressing the problem of instantaneous delivery. And that instantaneous delivery was very novel at the time and started off with huge sales, but then people figured out that they actually weren't going to go to jail if they just put their CD in their CD-ROM drive and made an MP3 and then sent it to their friends. So all of these music had been transaction heavy throughout all of those iterations of formats. And for the last 15 years, we've been sitting on this digital file going, oh, I wonder where the money went. And the problem is, is that instantaneous delivery is no longer novel. Kids are born with iPhones, like right out of the womb. And that's how we, <laughs> that's how we do things now. So we looked at this particular problem we're going, what do millennials and, and people the large base of consumers, 14 to 34-year-olds, really value right now? And what they value is personalization, the ability to customize everything in your life, and recognition, which is the ability to actually share that uh, personalization with others. So we wrote an audio format addressing those pro problems. It's called 8STEM. And here's what it looks like. So traditional stereo audio file looks like this. We have um, developed technology that segments audiophile into song sections so that you can do things with it. And then it leverages uh, the sort of the new iteration in um, file exchange in the music industry called stems. Stem files are groupings of audio that relate to one another. So when you record in a multi-track environment, everything, every single thing is separate on its own separate channel. So instead of in stem format, Instead of having a kick drum and a bass drum and a hi-hat all separate, you just have one channel called drums. So it basically looks like this, and then it's wrapped in an encapsulated format, and we deliver it to the mobile device that you just saw right there. So these are eight, song fi or eight instrument files, eight stem files, times eight song sections, and that is just like an eight-by-eight eight database grid, but instead of numbers, you have audio elements appearing in there. So how you... Um, come into getting this content is that record labels and studios are sitting on files in multi-channel format that there's never been a consumer device to access. You have to be a recording engineer, have a studio, or at least some know-how to not make it sound terrible. So in the typical sort of production hierarchy, the artist hires a producer and the producer records multi-channel files. Then the producer sends those files to a mix engineer who creates stem files and then mixes it down to an end user file, which is what you get on iTunes. So we interface in this pyramid while it's still in multi-channel format, and we take that audio while it's separated, chop it up, and allow, it allows us to do things with it, and then we put it into an interface that can be skinned pretty much any way we want, 
that lives inside the record player that lives in your pocket. That's great. So, Adam, we've, we're out of time, but I just want to ask, uh, how can people get a hold of it and play with it? And if you're a, an artist and you want your music in that format, how do you do it? Um, we're going to beta first week in December. Start our beta, 8stem.com. Drop us a line, sign up for beta, help us get through that process. If you're an artist or you know an artist who wants to get their music out like this, they can get in touch there too and just drop us a line saying you're an artist. Um, we're going to go live probably end of first quarter 2016. Just closed our seed round, so we're going to be shopping Series A in uh, January. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Great demo. Okay, next, Ranadu Lankage. Did I do it right? Uh, it's Lankage. It's Lankage. Lankage. All right, that was a no. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Is everybody awake? Yeah. <laughs> All right, great. So my name is Ranadu. Uh, I'm the co-founder and CEO of The Drop. Um, as well as uh, this new company uh, called the Artist Union. So we run two websites. Yes, uh, I know it's a bad idea for a startup, but we, we figured uh, we talk to our users and give them what they want. So I uh, started this company uh, a few months ago with uh, Justin Khan, uh, who was the co-founder of Twitch and Justin TV, uh, and is currently a partner at Y Combinator, and James, who's uh, here with me, who is our CTO. Uh, so today we're going to show you guys uh, what the Artist Union is. So the Artist Union, uh, our mission is to grow uh, fans for artists online and help them grow a sustainable career. So what, that's, what that means is we help them get, uh, uh, grow their following on social media, uh, specifically SoundCloud, Facebook, and Spotify, as well as uh, also make money online right now through donations uh, or tipping. Uh, and then uh, finally, uh, so today we want to show you uh, three uh, separate things, uh, separate features in our product. Uh, first one is our download gate, where uh, we bring users off of SoundCloud to our page and convert them into permanent fans. Uh, for artists, this is important because if you go to uh, any artist today and talk to a booker, what they say is, wh what do you look at? And they look at their following on SoundCloud, their plays, their Facebook follows, Twitter followers, Spotify uh, plays and follows. Uh, secondly, uh, a lot of artists and a lot of people in the industry know that YouTube uh, and Facebook, both uh, with their video uh, and, uh, and discovery is like the biggest uh, music discovery platform. But for a lot of artists uh, and, and specifically DJs, we work in the electronic music industry, they don't know how to put their music on YouTube because they don't know uh, how to use a simple video editing platform so that they can create an artwork video and upload their music. So we created a video uploader tool uh, with a couple of clicks. Uh, you could get your music on YouTube. And then thirdly, we want to talk about SoundCloud PowerScore. Uh, so we came up with a system to basically rank artists on SoundCloud and give them a score so that they know where they stand in this kind of great big universe of uh, SoundCloud producer. So to give you guys the demo, I'm going to hand off to my CTO and co-founder, James Zhang. Hello, everyone. I'm James. So I'm looking at uh, Henry Land's SoundCloud page. Uh, he's a tropical house DJ that I like a lot. Um, so on his SoundCloud um, feed, uh, he has you know all his music. And for SoundCloud lets artists create uh, one external link for each track that they have to basically capture uh, fans who, you know, who they want to link to, to either iTunes to purchase a track, Beatport to purchase a track, or uh, in this example, to download the track for free. Um, so, so let's say this is the music, that, uh, this is the track that I really like. Um, I can click on this link, which Henry Land can customize himself, and this points to uh, our website, The Artist Union, which is a landing page for that track. Um, here, the fan can either donate money to Henry Land himself, or in exchange for fo uh, for following Henry Land on SoundCloud, favoriting the track, and reposting it on SoundCloud, uh, I can download this track for free. So I can click this here, and I can download Henry Land's track for free. Uh, so you can see this is showing up in my downloads folder. Um, we also have an inner circle, uh, which is a feature where super fans can subscribe to Henry Land's music. Um, that he releases in the future via an email subscription. So every time Henry Land releases new music on SoundCloud, 
the fan will get an email with a direct download link. Um, so you can see if I refresh the page on SoundCloud, um, I should have reposted and favored that, that track. You can see this is orange for liked and reposted. So this is an easy way for artists to grow their fan base and capture super fans. Um, otherwise, you know, uh, that they otherwise would have lost. The uh, other thing we can show you today is, um, is the SoundCloud power score. This is um, kind of a viral metric that we created. Um, we wanted to grow our user base, which is mostly electronic uh, music producers uh, who are up and coming. And one thing they really care about is how they rank compared to other DJs in their space. So we wanted to create one metric based on who follows you, how many songs you have, how many plays and favorites you get, and create this one score that you can share with your friends. So um, Flippin' God is this DJ who reached out to us because he discovered that Diplo, uh, with almost 7 million followers, follows him because Diplo likes this music. This is something that you can't really get from SoundCloud itself because the, the stats part of SoundCloud is not uh, very good for artists. Um, so he didn't know that Diplo followed him, and that was, a, that was something that he discovered through calculating his power score. Um, so I can show you uh, the, another portion of um, the Artist Union where we created a tool for artists to create music videos. So these are all the tracks um, that Ranadu has uploaded um, to SoundCloud and created download gates for with the Artist Union. And for this track right here, uh, he created a couple of music videos, one on Facebook, one on YouTube, that our platform creates for you automatically. So to see an example of what that video looks like, uh, you can see that this is a mobile-optimized music video. Um, because, more than, uh, because more than half of the traffic on, um, on Facebook's feed comes from mobile, so we created this music video that Randu otherwise would have to create himself uh, using a video editing software. And we also create this for YouTube as well. That's pretty much all we have for the demo. And, we and we actually so have a lot more so in the product, but we yeah. just wanted to show you the, the gist of it. All right, so can you talk about if somebody's interested in your product, how do mm -hmm. they become a customer? Uh, they just go to theartistunion.com and then uh, hit uh, sign up for an artist account and you can uh, start putting your music up there. And we, it's just one or two clicks for you to set up because there are some competitors that we have and it's, uh, it's a lot more complicated for people to set up download gates and a lot of artists don't end up doing it and they end up giving away their music for free on SoundCloud. Uh, and that really doesn't convert that person who got, you, got your music for free into a, f uh, a fan or a follower. So that's what we do. Are you finding download gates to be successful for particular genres or particular yes. targets and not successful for others? So we have a wide variety of artists on the platform right now, but like I would say mostly uh, this is being embraced by electronic producers. So like I would say like 70-80% of it is all electronic. Uh, and then a lot of hip-hop producers are using it as well because they give away their music for free. And what's a typical um, engagement rate for somebody to... Because obviously it is a huge problem, right? If you put your music out mm -hmm. and people listen to it but you never know who they are... Yep then you've given your way, your music for free, and you've truly got nothing in return. Exactly. Um, if you use your tools, mm -hmm. what percent of the, of the listens are actually turning into somebody where you're actually, getting Actually, so we've, we've optimized the tool to convert people. In, so if they land on our page, 90% of the time, they end up downloading their music. That's something we like studied the whole entire funnel, including call to actions on, on SoundCloud, changing them, testing the click-through rate there as well as once they land on the page, like how many people actually end up going through the entire process, and now we've optimized that up to 90%. And people have been able to grow. Uh, I think we're close to getting, uh, it's been only like two months uh, since we launched, and we've gotten over a million followers for uh, people on various platforms. That's great. Congratulations. All right. Thank you, Ranadu. And the drop. Okay, next up is Chris from Dart Music. And so while he's setting up, I actually uh, became a customer yesterday because I um, needed to upload some of uh, Maxine's music, and uh, the product really was very easy, I must say. Oh, man, 
It was very simple. So I'm pretty sure the demo will go well. Who here has tracks that they've owned and distributed to music services in one form or another? That's a healthy number, about 30%. Okay, take it away. Larry, thanks for using the product yesterday. That's awesome. Uh, so I'm Chris McMurtry. I am the founder and CEO of Dart Music. And those of you that raised your hand, you can think of us as TuneCore uh, for classical music. Uh, in fact, the first name I wanted to use was TuneScore. Uh, don't tell Jeff. I think he's in another panel. But uh, um, uh, the idea for Dart really came about during my time at Apple. I worked for Apple for almost nine years where I would moonlight as a composer. I'd wake up about 4 o'clock in the morning and compose classical music. And I saved up about $5,000 to use to, uh, to record my first uh, classical piece. And I got very excited uh, to uh, distribute that. And so I logged into my TuneCore account. Also had a Ditto account and a DistroKid account, only to find that I could not choose classical as an option. And so I was a bit distraught. Uh, and reached out to uh, my friends uh, in iTunes and asked why. Uh, and they said it was because the music metadata was much more complex for classical music and there wasn't an automated platform that could handle that metadata. And so that's what we set out to fix. Um, <clears throat> and so what is complex metadata of classical music? Well, generally metadata is thought of as album artist and song title. Uh, Taylor Swift, 1989, Shake It Off. But if you look at classical music, maybe Beethoven's Third Symphony, uh, you can see that um, you have much more uh, metadata that has to be included. And then if you're looking at this, Beethoven Symphony Number no. 3 in E-flat major, opus number no. 55, the Eroica, go on movement number no. 1, Allegro con brio, uh, as conducted by, as performed by. So who is the artist? Uh, right? So uh, Taylor Swift writes singles, but Beethoven did not. Um, so there are some distributors who do take care of classical music, and they utilize musicologists. I used to work for Noxos, where we utilized 30 musicologists uh, to manually input this metadata. So you can imagine that it's uh, quite a bit more expensive. Um, uh, as a result, instead of uh, a service like TuneCore, where you pay a flat rate and keep 100% of the royalties, generally with these distributors, they're keeping 50% of an artist's royalties. Uh, which is uh, quite unfair compared to other genres. So um, let's take a look at the platform. So if you go to dartmusic.com, we'd be honored if, like Larry, you did, and you wanted to distribute your music, um, you just click on Get Started, and it will take you uh, to the app. And um, something different than other distributors, uh, even automated, is we will ask a series of questions. Uh, instead of having a form to fill out, what that does, that conditional logic allows us to determine the complexity of what it is you're releasing, uh, and then um, can ask fewer or more questions based on that. But um, So you'll start with the genre. And then uh, the contributor, in this case, we'll just say it's the Nashville Symphony. And of course, uh, we need a conductor. Uh, I'm from Nashville, so we're going to go with Giancarlo. Um, and uh, this next question is an important question. Does it contain pieces that are part of a lar larger work? So that would be like a multi-movement in this case. We're going to distribute Beethoven's third, so yes, it is. And of course, Beethoven is the composer. And the title. And if you wanted to add additional works, maybe it was a collection, uh, you could do that there. Uh, but Beethoven's third is in E flat major. And the catalog number is opus number 55. And are there any additional performers? If this were a concerto, uh, we would. But uh, in this one, we do not. Then upload the track. Oh, there's Allegro Combrio. And if we were to upload additional tracks, we could there. We'll just leave it at one track for now for the sake of time. 
upload our artwork. And look at that. And if we weren't having a bug, the next question would be, which stores uh, do you, uh, you want to go to? So, um, yeah, Just skip it. Yeah, that seems to be frozen, which is like your worst nightmare. Yeah. So, uh, the label name, um, uh, let's do SF Music Tech. And it was recorded. They flew out here. Great. Uh, we do uh, provide UPC codes and ISRC codes. Um, so we'll say skip. Um, online stores need to have a general language than that. Uh, we'll release it today. Um, this collection has not been released before. We'll select all the stores we currently deliver to. Hit next. And after um, it compiles all the data and corrects uh, anything uh, that didn't meet the, uh, the various standards of the stores, it would be delivered to those stores. And uh, that is Dart Music. That's great. So um, can you use it for other types of music? Oh, absolutely, yeah. As uh, with uh, Maxine yesterday, uh, it, um, one of the assumptions as a startup we operate on uh, is uh, if you solve the hardest problem, uh, what are the other problems uh, it fixes along the way? And so what we found is that uh, music, um, uh, by focusing on metadata, it fixes a, lo a lot of problems. Uh, one of which is uh, um, the speed with which it goes live into stores, which tends to be very fast. So, it's great. Well, I think to see everybody's attention going through an actual back-end process to upload music and everybody being attentive, I think it deserves a round of applause unto itself. Thank you. Anyway, it's very smooth. Cool. Thank you very much, yeah, Chris. Thank you, Larry. Okay, next up we have Robert Singerman from. Heaven 11. Does the name have anything to do with turning it to 11? Turning it up to 11? So anybody have any um, quick questions for me while he's getting set up? Think about the funding environment, being a startup. Where should I just, all right, we have one in back. Okay, so the question is what, what is Sprout Stage? And so it's really um, post-seed where you've, you've actually built a tangible product that can be demoed. Now, whether it's viewed in, in our view as uh, something that has sprouted to the extent that we want to actually consider it for an investment, it's more you know, to what extent is the product really different and exciting. But the concept of the Sprout is really all about that it actually exists and you can see it. It's not a concept. It's not on paper. It, it's an actual working product. Part of that concept is that it's really hard to build something that's simple and wonderful and joyful. And actually, like looking at that last demo, you know, making all that stuff work and just being like, okay, it, it's obvious it makes sense. It's really hard to do. So I think a lot of people can build very complex products, but who can build really simple but yet powerful products? And I think there's some real magic there. Thanks for the question. All right, take it away, Robert. Well, I'll start anyway. How many people here, show of hands please, know of the problems of licensing, collecting, accounting, and reporting in the music tech industry? Okay. And how many of you here have heard of or heard about the GRD, uh, Global, Global Repertoire Database? So, <coughs> So the need for this and the failure of the joint effort of the major global PROs to create one themselves, over 15 million euros spent on this project, and the goal of many companies and organizations of actually having one work. Well, Heaven 11 works, and it's basically the GRD, which is Global Repertoire Database Songs, plus Masters, Global Master Database, and the releases in the markets of the songs, videos, and masters, all integrated, mirroring and mapping the ecosystem of the global music, which is sales, views, and listens industry, in a dynamic, ever-updating database system generated by the rights owners and matched with the seller's reports. 
We hear at every music and mu many tech conferences about the need for simpler global music licensing and transparency. We also hear about all the problems of payments, black boxes, and conflicts and claims between rights owners. Willard Adritz, the Cobalt CEO, said at this uh, Canadian Music Week speech, or his Canadian Music Week, Music Week speech last May, that statistically 75% of the legal revenues generated worldwide in the music industry do not get back to the correct copyright administrators and owners. It's actually the same percentage I'd always thought. And of course, that's a huge problem for the copyright owners, whose income on average could go up four times what they earn now if only they are able to properly collect everything currently generated. Of course, if licensing was made much more simple, that factor of four would also go up, especially when we consider the new mobile reach and amount of mobile consumers around the globe. My main role with Lyric Find, other sponsors here, is in international publishing licensing, so I really know how difficult this is. With some major territories taking more than five years to even begin to have their indie domestic publishers licensed. We all know of various licensing debacles that have literally cost the copyright owners many billions of dollars of uncollected potential income. A lot of people in this room and downstairs and outside can tell these stories. So if 75% of the revenue doesn't get back to the copyright owners, Think of how many billions of dollars worldwide that equals. Four times the current correctly paid copyright revenue. And where do these funds end up? Heaven 11 is a potential solution, an answer for these, our major problems. Earning and collecting more money and reducing costs. And Heaven 11 are making it extremely cost effective for companies and organizations to use this solution, this unique, needed, valuable platform, software, and system. It's the only integrated system in the world that I know of that starts with contract registered and integrated from both the master and publishing side, artist and songwriter, and goes all the way through royalty reporting and conflict resolution. So this is a very dense um, PowerPoint deck that I've been showing, but uh, this is I could show you a, a specific uh, demo of it at any point, or we could do a Skype call. But it, it can do a lot of different things. It's a very heavy back end. This is the security, which is credit card level security between accounts. And you know, every step is logged, and uh, all the different events related to the copyright, notices, contracts, new songs, reports, et cetera, are in there, notifications. So how would somebody become a customer of your product? Well, they would contact us. Uh, there's a website, heaven11.pro. I'm Robert at heaven11.pro. And Heaven11 is already integrated with many platforms and DSPs, as you can see. Uh, and like I said, the idea is that everybody can use it. There's a whole content ID system that you can match royal the, most, the most difficult royalty reports that there are uh, quickly. And so who would they not need to work with if they work with you? That's a good question. Uh, we, we're trying to be agnostic and let everybody work with us. Uh, you know, right now the major PROs are looking at it really carefully. Um, ABMI, which is the WIN network, like A2IM here, AIM in the UK is using it. Um, I, I don't think they would, I mean, we could, I think we could work with anybody, really, honestly. Uh, I think it's, it's a platform as a, as a service, and, and really, obviously, the platform is more valuable the more people use it, too. Okay. And, and when did it launch, and what kind of customers do you have? Um, it launched about six months ago, and we have customers. Some of them are up there. Uh, ABMI is another one. Um, it launched originally from a Russian person who represents a lot of publishers and labels. Uh, it's an Irish company. They've gotten their first round recently. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's, a lot of people are very excited about it. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, Sharon from DTS. Hey, Ted, that was a great interview. All right. Hello? You got it? Okay, take it away. Hey, guys, I'm Sharon from DTS. 
I know we've had a lot of startups here today. Ted is giggling at me already. Uh, DTS is not a startup. It's a company that's been in the audio business for 20 years, making the world sound better. The company was actually started by Steven Spielberg when he wanted to make Jurassic Park sound awesome and figure out a way to do that, bringing multi-channel audio into the cinema. Um, our particular division within DTS is focused on a new emerging area, which is whole home wireless audio. That division is called PlayFi, and it began as a small startup five years ago with the mission to deliver um, pristine audio throughout your house using wireless. This is not a new idea. There happens to be a giant company who is already in this business and has been at it for 15 years. Many of you who have startups are familiar with the idea of how do you break through when there's already someone in your space? Well, how you do it is you do it differently. You come up with a new idea. You leverage technology that might not have existed when your competitor started and do it better. And that's essentially what we've done with PlayFi. So the first step was to start from the beginning using Wi-Fi as our transmission technology. When Sonos, which is the big kahuna in our space, started, there was no good Wi-Fi. Well, today it's awesome, so why not use it? It's in every device and it's in every home, and that's what we did. The other thing we did differently was focus on pristine audio quality. I totally stole this from Maxell, but it's the experience that we wanted to deliver, right? So with PlayFi, your audio streams with pure, lossless quality, bit for bit accurate from source to speaker. No degradation, no downsampling, no compression. What you hear is what you hear, and it's phenomenal when you get that. Sonos doesn't do that, by the way. We support high-resolution audio. They don't. Um, a lot of time the audio on that platform is compressed in order to make it work, so we, we don't do that. The other thing we did from the beginning was focus on mobile. So today, music lives in your pocket. It goes with you wherever you go. It's not stuck on, as we saw earlier, uh, a physical medium. It's not even stuck in a file anymore. It's streaming to you from the cloud. So PlayFry from the beginning has been architect to deliver music directly from mobile devices into your house. So that pocket experience becomes a party experience the minute you walk in the door. So PlayFi lives on mobile devices from Apple, on Android devices, on Windows PCs. Wherever you live with your music, there's a PlayFi app or a PlayFi software to get it into your house. You can see all these people enjoying a party together, <laughs> as we do so often on their own devices. But that's what PlayFi does differently. And the most important difference with PlayFi is we opened it up. So this is a platform that is not limited to a single brand or a single product. DTS PlayFi lives inside audio devices from all kinds of speaker companies and all kinds of audio companies from brands that have been in the business of making things sound amazing for a lot longer than Sonos has been around. So we work with people like Macintosh and Paradigm and Polk and Definitive and connect all those products together with our technology. So for the very first time, you have a truly interoperable, completely customizable way to put music throughout your house. So all those brands up there today have products that work seamlessly together thanks to DTS PlayFi. Above all, one of the things we did um, very differently here is respecting the music. So we know that content creators and people who de develop these music services have spent an enormous amount of time delivering a specific user experience to their clients and to their consumers. When you enjoy Spotify or SoundCloud or your favorite service, RDO or Rhapsody, when you're at the gym, you don't want to change that experience when you come home and have it different, miss your playlist, all that stuff. So with PlayFi, we preserve all of that. So when you launch a service within PlayFi, it is exactly the same as that service is everywhere else. And we respect that. So you can see some of the logos up there for services that we work with today. Um, and that's why more and more music services have chosen to become part of the PlayFi platform. Um, and we're excited about that. Um, and then the whole operation is as simple as it shows up there. You connect, you pick a speaker, you choose your music, and you hit play. That's essentially what you do. So, are we good to go, Justin? That's the overview. What we wanted to really do is show you it in operation. So, uh, secretly earlier today, we, we hid some speakers around the room. Um, we're not using the PA system. We actually have real speakers here. One of them is up here in front of me. It's from Paradigm. That's called hidden in plain sight. Exactly. You're like, why is Larry hiding behind that big black box? That's why. Uh, over here next to the gentleman not paying attention to me on the floor, is a beautiful black speaker. He is still not looking, but there it is. <laughs> From our partner, Polk Audio. Uh, I see a lovely blonde woman in the back. She's holding up a white speaker from our partner, Ren Sound. None of these audio makers work together. They don't know each other. But all these speakers are about to work together seamlessly thanks to our 
wireless technology. So Justin is hooked up here. Yeah. We'll be shortly. So Justin is using our app for iOS. It's going to show up on the screen over there. And you'll see that he can see the speakers that are here in the room. He's going to choose one. We'll just choose the Paradigm. And now he gets a choice of music services. Those are all built right into the app. Um, he's actually going to just choose a song that's on my iPhone. I can do that too. It can be local music or a streaming service. Are you going to do that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's launching the app. He's going to pick a service or pick a song. Pick a different guy here. All right. And what are we listening to? Come, oh, Frank. Nothing like Frank. <laughs> and that'll just start playing over Wi-Fi from all three speakers at once. Are you going to add them? Yeah. So right now it's playing from the one on the right over here, my right, your left. And then he's going to add, if you look on the screen, you can see the other two. Just add those on with a simple click. And that's now the one in the back. And then he can add the one up here, too. Okay. And they're perfectly synchronized, as you can hear. So you don't have that echo effect of walking around. In fact, the synchronization is, you can turn it down, please. Actually, it's nice. He has master volume control, so he can control the whole system at once, or he can individually control the volume of any given speaker. But the technology from DTS puts that synchronization in place to allow things like configuration as a left speaker and a right speaker or you can actually um, have multiple zones at once. So you can send Songza upstairs and NPR downstairs from the same device, if you like. So all the use cases that you would want, but with the interoperability and openness of an ecosystem that embraces everyone. So that's us. That's the demo. Thank you, Ted. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Great demo. It worked. Yeah. OK, and then last up, we have Gordon from Bounce Chat. Share here. You go up there. And this is going to be a, a four-minute demo, and then we're off to break. So Sharon, I'm sure Sonos is paying attention to that. So while Gordon's getting set up, I'm going to open up the app. Shut up. I'm going to take a picture of this beautiful crowd. Ted, look up. That's good. Very nice. And then I'm going to bounce it. And I'm picking how far I'm going to bounce it. I'm going to bounce it for 10 miles for one day. Actually, I'm going to make it really private. I'm going to go for an hour. And bada boom, it's bounced. And if you there it is in the center up in the screen. You can see it's live, so it's instant sharing based on geolocation. So hi, my name is Gordon. I'm the CEO and founder of Bounce Chat. And um, like a lot of people, I wear different hats. I'm a DJ. I tour as Buddha Bass. And I was at a festival called Lightning in a Bottle. I had about 1,000 people at my show. And you always get asked, you know, how do I find you or hear your tracks or follow you? And I had that epiphany, like, why can't I just share with the audience? So um, we created the tech, it took uh, about five programmers and six months to get the core algorithm. But what's great about it is you can set it to 100 yards at one hour, and it'll just be with the audience here for the next hour, and then it'll dissipate. You can also do it uh, around the planet, and you know, if you're following people or following bands or groups, and um, go to eternity. So uh, it's been a real fun tech to develop. Um, it's a great way to connect. Our V3 coming out in January is, is going to be amazing because we're going to let artists and festivals and people create their own geotag chats. So next time you come to uh, SF Music Tech, you'll walk in the building right on the app. It'll say, do you want to join SF Music Tech? And it'll be a complete conversation of everybody in the bubble. And when you're here, you're at the party. When you leave, you can continue the dialogue. So. Um, does anybody have Bounce Chat on their phone, or can you go to bouncechat.com right now and check it out? So I can give a quick demo. I like to go to my SoundCloud, so I'm going to pull up um, my Budabase SoundCloud. So you can download that photo I just took at bouncechat.com without downloading the app, which is pretty cool. So you take a photo of a group of people, and sometimes it's a group where you know some of them, you don't know some of them, but everybody says, hey, that's a great photo, send it to me. You could do that, just bounce chat it, and then 
send them all to bounceshot.com, press and hold on it, and then you can download the, uh, the photo. So I'm in my SoundCloud. I'm just um, going to open up uh, one of my mixes and go to share. And if you have Bounce Chat on your phone, um, it'll come up as an option. This internet's a little slow. So it automatically takes your link into the app. Um, we could hashtag, you know, if we wanted SF Music Tech. So first of all, um, you can add a picture. If you want to have some fun with it, you can add text, stickers, all kinds of stuff. Then uh, your first option is, when do you want it to expire? So let's say, hey, I want to thank you guys for coming out. I'm going to have it expire uh, in one day. You can share or hide your location. This will show you on the map if you uh, do share it. You can also repost on Facebook and Twitter. I'm going to go down to a mile. You can actually go to 100 yards, and you can see um, it covers this hotel and across the street, but a lot of people are in the area, so I'm going to geofence a mile. And here we go, boom. And if you guys could go back to the other screen. Somebody's already on top of Somebody bounced, so the newest one's already at the top. So, um, so there it is. It shows you the distance, how uh, we're in the same rooms. It's going to be zero blocks. Um, it's a hyperlink with the SoundCloud. And uh, what are you thinking, Larry? There we go. All right. Thank you so much. Love to see you guys bounce. Thanks, Bounce Chat. Okay, so we are going to head into break. Coming back down on the spring room, you have Haney Nada from GGV. And then more sessions at 4 o'clock. Thanks, everybody. And thanks especially to all the demoers. It's uh, a lot of work and a lot of preparation. So thanks for making it happen.